Looking for a place to record your music? Welcome to Mystery Ton Studios, a full-service recording, mixing, and mastering studio located 15 minutes outside of Frederick, Maryland. Owner-engineer Kenny Eaton has years of experience working with musicians around the world and a passion for one thing, helping artists realize their vision. Go to mysterytonstudios.com to learn more and schedule a free tour today. That's M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y-T-O-N-Studios.com. Your music matters. Okay, hello everybody. This is great. This is take two. This is so good. And and my guest here is laughing hysterically. We talked for a good five minutes and realized nobody was ever going to hear what we were saying. So the podcast uh, wasn't going to work out. This is the Frederick Playlist Podcast. My name is Colin. I'm here with Soren Dodge of the Record Exchange, store manager extraordinaire, lovely human being, I just, I can't get, I can't get enough of this guy. Man. I can't. And we talked about really neat stuff. Yeah, we got real close. We did. <laughs> so we're going to have to go back over that eventually. But where we cut off though, and we can just start here now, is how you got into music. You said your dad played bass. Yeah. Yeah. My dad is a bass player, still plays bass. He's and he's a phenomenal musician. He's a phenomenal musician. Did he yeah. play in a lot of bands? No, he's never played in a band ever. Uh, why um i don't know i think it's it's just you know uh he's not the most social dude and he never really needed to it just kind of like really loves music and he does his own thing and and that's pretty much pretty much it that's cool so what what type of music did he listen to while you were growing up um we listened to a lot of uh and i still love all this music just because like it's great, but I know I have like really fond memories of listening to uh, the Police and oh. Sade and Eurythmics. No kidding. Yeah. So he was into the groove. Man. Yeah. yeah, and there's like uh, Chick Corea stuff and, oh, and yeah. uh, definitely some of like the fusion stuff and the adult contemporary stuff that, that I grew up listening That's to. That's way cool. Yeah, way cool. Are you still into that? I'm definitely still into Sade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, how about the Police? Yeah, no? definitely. Definitely. Chick Corea and the yeah. his electric band. And yeah, stuff? I never really Chick Corea kind. I, I never I never really stayed interested in but uh, you know there's a certain amount of respect I have for those musicians but still don't really listen to a whole lot of it these days I just saw Herbie Hancock at the Kennedy Center so you like you're into the soul jazzy stuff oh yeah. too everything a little bit wow. a little bit that's really really cool yeah. that's really cool uh, so you were mentioning that you're from Wolfsville yep and you got into music at an early age because of this. Now, yep. from what I understand, you've, at least you told me, you've been in bands. Mm -hmm. um, when did you pick, what do you play? And when did you pick that up? Uh, I play, I play guitar um, best. Um, I can, I can keep a beat for like four seconds on a drum kit. So I can do that. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little bit of bass. There's, I learned there's a difference between people who can play bass and, and bass players. Yeah. Um, so I can play bass. I'm not a bass player. Mm -hmm. um, I started with violin when I was in like elementary school, but that That's was, cool. that was short lived. So uh, I picked up guitar when I was in ninth or 10th grade. Um, started writing songs so, immediately? Or? Um, Yeah. Kind of, the, I mean, garbage songs, really, just not, <laughs> not good, not you were good stuff. You garbage, is that what you Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, yeah, no, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, so I didn't, I wasn't doing, you know, full-blown songs immediately, but when I was, you know, 
14 or 15, I started learning the instrument. And then before I even really knew how to play, I joined like a punk band because that's what you do when you don't know how to play guitar. (laughs) Uh, With a couple of friends of mine, it was, we never really got out of the basement, but it was a lot of fun. And that sort of just, you know, it kind of just, it went from there. What was the name of the punk band? Uh, Can I cuss on this podcast? That's too bad. I can't tell you the name of the band. We went through a different, a couple of different ones. One of them was, I think it was, oh shoot. Was it Silent Old Mountains? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, at some point, it was Otis and the Spunk Myers. I know. The, the I like cookie that. brand. That's cool. Because we had a, one of our, the singer was a jerk and he stole a <laughs> sign from a Burger King and taped it on the drum kit. So it was Otis and the Spunk Myers. Are there any recordings of this band? Oh, no. No. <laughs> oh, no. no. So you got out of a punk band, and then what did you do? Um, mm. Well, and then I stayed with, so there was a guy that I played with. His name was Nat, and he was a um, he was our drummer, and I played music with him for years afterwards. So after that kind of really junky band, we did more like kind of like a folk punk stuff and then oh. sort of got into the post-hardcore kind of genre, which I don't, r- that was a very short phase. Screaming? Were you like... He, I did, wasn't doing any of that, but he did uh, some of that and that was pretty short-lived for me. But um, <laughs> he's he's in a group called Atlas at Last now out of DC that's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff. So um, we did stuff for a long time and then, you know, after high school and in college, there were some, you know, bands here and there, but nothing ever really serious until... Until I did Dead Monks a couple of years ago. So you were in Dead Monks? Yeah. Okay, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, so that's legendary around here. Everybody <laughs> talks about Dead Monks. Yeah. How long were you in that? Uh, Start to finish from the from the group, it was, but we were around for two, like two or three years, I did think. Did you guys, rec- I think you recorded stuff. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And how did that, how did that go? Because, like I said, honestly, this is... No joke. I mean, one of the first names that always got thrown around when I first moved to Maryland was Dead Monks and how much people loved you guys. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was probably the most fun I've ever and had an abandoned. Like, I lived with half the dudes and mm-hmm. we just played all the time. And we we did one five song EP that we recorded with our friend Paul Kogel and it was all analog recording and it was pretty cool. Wow. And then we did one, um, we did a a cassette we did two extra two more tracks that we recorded we had a bunch of stuff that never got recorded um but that was uh that was a whole lot of fun for a couple of years yeah, what were the yeah. years Two f- 2003 to 2000 f- no 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 2012 to 2014 okay i think i was gonna say i moved here in 2011 yeah and if I was still hearing your name ten years after you broke up, <laughs> no, 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 like no, 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 I'm still, uh, yeah, that was, I don't know why I said that. So I, I didn't even play guitar, but I can do that. <laughs> why, why did you break up? Um, there was a, there was some, uh, mostly, um, Evan, who was the drummer, had other stuff going on, so he had to quit to focus more on old Indian. Yeah. At the time, and then um, Nate, our guitar player, moved to Baltimore. And our bass player Blake moved to Rockville, and it, it just was it was too hard to keep everything together. So um, Evan Evan chose between Old Indian and Dead Monks, and essentially said Old Indian. <laughs> was that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at the time they were they were doing a little bit. They had more going on. Yeah. You know, and 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 it wasn't just that. I think Evan had a lot a lot of other stuff going on that it was just you know being in being in two bands and having everything else you know in in 
when you're an adult and having a life is just yeah. sometimes not feasible. So yeah, being an know. adult is bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not recommend it for anybody. So what, what's uh, one of your favorite memories from the band? You guys played a lot from what I hear. Yeah, um, no, we, we, we did play a lot. Um, there was a lot of really f- good memories of just because I lived with Nate and Blake and we lived above the record store oh like, that's cool yeah I so it was, that was like the dream you know yeah. so um it was a lot of just hanging out on the when we had a balcony so we just hang out there with like guitars and just jam and hang out and that's joke cool. and you know there was a there was a lot of at the time and I'm sort of over this now plenty of drinking and debauchery and, and all that <laughs> just going out together and and uh, and having fun and and uh, you know there's a couple of shows that stand out like we played at this biker bar out on the uh, out, outside of Myersville the dog patch tavern I've never heard of yeah, it yeah man that was fun that was really cool <laughs> it was way unexpected we had to it's uh, I think Guido's double booked so we had to find another venue and uh uh-huh. We went out there and it was just like kind of intimidating. I would imagine. <laughs> and then and then everybody was so into it. It was it was it was so much fun. That's um, cool, man. Yeah, that was that was really good. What so. did it sound like? What I've never heard it. Um it's a little tough. I mean, definitely you could tell that a lot of the influences are like early nineties college rock stuff like Dinosaur Junior yeah. and um um, definitely some like Yola Tango and you know sub pop merge record type mm-hmm. sound or Matador type stuff. Yeah. Um, so um, definitely, kind of if you put that into your head, you could probably probably get it. So you went out yeah. to a biker bar. Yeah. With, with that, yeah. and they and you had all originals. Did you know any covers? We did. We did a couple of covers once in a while. We mostly did original stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we did. We covered a Nerves song, and we covered a, we covered the Dinosaur Junior cover of a Cure song, just like <laughs> Heaven, which is pretty funny. Um, but mostly, yeah, it was just original stuff. So we weren't at like a bar doing cover songs. It was just like a bunch of like young adults n- not anywhere where they belong, and yeah. but everybody had a good time. We got invited back. Not that we ever did, but. I can't believe you said you're over drinking, man. I'll never be over drinking. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit when I lived downtown. It was a little bit. I got into a little bit of. It was a little bit too much, too, too much. Yeah. Yeah. So now, though, you have a solo thing. <laughs> yeah. That, that you've been working on. Yeah. Right? So that's called Tusk Wife, and I've been working on that. Some of those songs I've been working on for you know the last five or six years. Some of them are are new but hopefully i'll have some out by the end of the year it's sort of electro you say no no i have another project that i don't isn't even titled yet it's a uh, super duper ultra secret project oh and i just blew the cover no this is <laughs> it was i was gonna blow it anyway on your podcast it's yeah. a super super duper secret uh synthwave electro project uh, that does not even have a title is how secret it is and then <laughs> that's just you or is that yeah that's just okay. me yeah yeah yeah. well yeah. then the other yeah. one's just you too yeah right? yeah but, so what's but it's difference like? of that just that's the kind of like um uh if you take like sebado and cat power and wow. like mush it into a thing that's kind of what that's, that's what probably gonna end up sounding like and you don't want us to play any of it <laughs> we would love to we would absolutely love to i mean I, it's kind of sounded like you're just gonna give me a dead mon- monk song no right? i no, won't no. no i just the, the the tracks aren't quite uh aren't quite done yet you know there's mm. there's like you know the in- in- instrumentation is done and then there's like a verse of words and then there's just like four minutes of music so you know that's good yeah, yeah. That's maybe awesome. maybe i'll give you guys a sneak peek we'll yeah. see space for a guitar solo yeah <laughs> So you you ended up at the record exchange. You said about six years ago. Uh-huh. Yep. Back during the podcast that nobody will ever hear. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the lost tape. This, yeah. This this has to be like the, sort of the ultimate gig, right? Like oh, yeah. that's it's so much fun every day. Now you said, <laughs> I know that it's still a job, and you said that sometimes yeah. you work ten hours a day. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, yeah. you're surrounded by music, right. and you're. I mean, yeah, you can't get much better. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I mean, for a for a slacker, it's pretty exactly. much the dream. Well, you job, said you went yeah. to college. Well, you? I started. I did. I did drop out because I was working full time and I was in management. And you know, mm-hmm. some people can do that, and I'm just not one of the people that can do full time work and full time school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going for um, actually deaf studies, sign language interpreting, oh. um, and that was just uh, it. Just ended up being a little bit too much for me at the mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and if you know, I was already making decent decent money for a, a young adult and mm-hmm. being in management so i kind of i didn't i didn't finish up with that but you know would you stay at the record exchange for the rest of time for the rest of time for the rest of time yeah yeah <laughs> all the time time is a pretty <laughs> long time is a pretty long time Colin. Well, right yeah now. <laughs> no it's good it's it's a good gig i can't you know i've got really excellent um, really excellent boss. Sam is the owner and, and he's literally the best dude I've ever worked for oh. ever. And, um, I make my own schedule and, cool. you know, my employees are great and mm. I get to be around music and people who love music all day. Mm. And sometimes it's super duper boring and all I'm doing is <laughs> just like putting price stickers on stuff for 10 hours. But, yeah. um, but there are definitely some redeeming factors about it. Do you get posters? posters do you take any of the posters that that they does that even still happen when i was growing up i grew up in a really really small town and uh there was actually a record store there which is surprising because those don't exist now especially but even then for a very small town there was it was just non-existent but there was one that was there and they'd always get all this promotional stuff Mm -hmm. like the posters in the the square things the tiny square things yeah and they would just be like, I would go up every Saturday and look at what was new and they would, um, they'd just give me whatever I wanted to take. And I ended up having, I still have a ton of posters. That's rad. Do, do yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, we get a fair amount of promotional material, but being 2017, a lot of it was just like these like foam core squares and stuff that are, yeah. it's hard. you can't roll those up and give them to anybody. Yeah. I mean, we do, we just mostly just give them away if, if we have them, but a lot of it is for stuff that we don't care, you know, cause we're getting these promotional stuff from like Sony and stuff ah. like that. And it's for a lot of the, the newer stuff that we're not necessarily carrying like the new Kesha album. We got, you don't some care promos- about the new no, Kesha I didn't say we don't care about <laughs> it. We're just not necessarily carrying it. There might be something, uh, in this band's practice space that I may or may not be involved with. That's a big, uh, Rihanna album cover. Oh yeah. So I'm assuming <laughs> that, that probably was probably, came from probably us. Came yeah. From you. Do you just throw them away if you don't use them? Or do you just give no, them all? We just away? we just like keep we put them up in the store when we can, and then mm-hmm. you know sometimes we'll we'll use them for other things, mm-hmm. you know, like because it's you get a three foot by three foot thing in the back is completely blank, and you can write like twenty notes on that for <laughs> your coworkers. <laughs> that's so, true. That's very true. Know, reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> You said, <laughs> you said the business is good though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're you know we keep the doors open and and uh, you know we we sell stuff every day, so that's good. Well, I think that's important because in Frederick has two other record shops, mm-hmm. or yeah. are there more? No. Well, there's Vinyl Acres and um, 
uh, not the Rock and Roll Graveyard, both on down on Patrick Street. Yeah, um, there's there aren't any sort of on the periphery. No, that. not not really. I mean, there's there are other people who sell, r- you know, records like the like Cannon Hill has a couple of record mm-hmm. deals, like you know, mm-hmm. and um, there's so there's other places to buy vinyl, but that they're not dedicated record stores. There was a record store across the street from Old Town when I got here. Oh yeah, that? yeah. Huh? What yeah. happened Blinding to that? Sun. I think um, I'm not. I don't. I think he wanted to do something. I'm not really the right person to comment on it because I don't know exactly what what happened mm-hmm. to it. But I think that um, going from being the only record store in town to having a second one open up and then eventually like a third one, I think it's it was really hard to maintain that business. And then when he wanted to do something else, I don't. I'm not sure if it. You know it may not have worked out and and it just wasn't it just wasn't feasible for him anymore to keep the to keep the store open what's your position because now i think we're through um we're through the rotation the way that pop culture goes and we were just talking in the podcast that'll never be heard that you guys for local bands you'll only take vinyl and cassettes you won't do cds (laughs) cds are obviously on the way out no matter even nationally right and what what is your position and then, of course, I think in 10, 15 years, everybody will want CDs yeah, again. Yeah. But what is your position? Because I think that I've started to read blowback on Record Store Day. Oh, yeah. What's your position my, on Record Store Day? My official position or yes. like my, my personal position? Uh, give us your personal yeah. one. It's probably... <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, my personal uh, position and my professional uh, position are, are both the, the same. And, uh, you know, and I don't want to um, take anything from, you know... Uh, Sam decides to participate in record store day and that's, and that's great. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to say anything bad about, you know, our business model. Mm -hmm. Um, but as a, um, as an entity record store day has gotten way out of hand, like way, (laughs) way, way out of hand. It started as such a good idea, such a good idea. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool stuff going on and it was good for everybody. And now it's not so much good for anybody except for, of big retailers few. big retail well not so much big retailers because you're still you know you still have to be an independent record store to participate in record store day. Oh, okay you know you yeah. can't the big box retailers can't mm-hmm. can't they can't go just, to best buy can't and that's yeah. just and that that has has um stayed consistent um throughout the history of record store day but when more of the major labels got involved mm-hmm. um and they started releasing you know reissuing a lot of stuff that like you know they one of the one of the years it was either last year or the year before they put out like four or five bruce springsteen reissues and it's like uh, this is stuff you can get for two dollars and yeah. and there are things so yeah. it's not only just like stuff like that that they're kind of scratching the bottom of the barrel for releases mm-hmm. but also when first of all it's a it's a big um it's a, there's it puts a lot of pressure on on us mm-hmm. as a small independent business there's a there's a um the there's a reason that vinyl acres and rock and roll graveyard don't participate in it and and it's it's the a huge amount of of initial capital to get that stock in the uh, store you yeah. have to pay for it yeah and yeah. um that's that's a lot you know and that's and then good. i have four employees to get ready for this whole thing yeah. and um and that takes up a lot of our time and not only that but um, when the the major labels are involved in pressing all of this stuff, it makes it really tough for independent artists to get their their material through the pressing plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't profess to be an expert on how that system works, um, but around Record Store Day, you see a lot of stuff 
the release dates being pushed back and um, smaller independent labels having more trouble getting stuff through because they're all blocked up with all this record store day stuff. It always happens like this, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it always does. These good ideas with these good, it always, yeah. the, the major corporations and conglomerates eventually always get their hands on it yeah. and these sacred things kind of go away. Yep. But then there's always somebody with a new awesome idea that, that starts something else and there's got to be a cassette day. There is. So there yeah. is. It's funny. There is a cassette day. There is a cassette store day. And we tried to, I, uh, I tried to convince uh, the owner to participate. This was like three or four years ago. I was like, Sam, we got to do cassette store day. So, so we did. And then afterwards, Sam was like, we're never doing cassette store day ever again. Because we still have cassettes we from cassette have. store day. Uh, cassettes so are more popular now, though. So they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're getting there. I think that, I mean, it's always sort of been, you know, in an expensive way for bands to release their material, you know, and you don't have to charge, you know, $15 for a cassette. You can mm-hmm. you can print them and then you can charge people three, four or five dollars for a cassette. And you, they're portable and you can take them to shows. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a good format and there's still the technology available either in cars or in not that you can find Walkman anymore but you yeah can get, you know <laughs> you, um, I still have my yeah. disc man heck yeah said, well speaking of that though and I want to get your opinion on this as well this this is gonna end up being like the best podcast ever this, yeah. including the one that nobody will ever hear man, that was some uh, good, was good, so good 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 material on so that good. it's probably no there's there it's it's probably there's probably you know you can just take the the it probably picked up one of our voices on the other microphone and then that's true then, except you deleted the track <laughs> that's right i did <laughs> i did um i being in a band now is r- super tough when mm-hmm. it comes to this you get you press whatever you press and let's say you spend money to press vinyl right or cassettes mm-hmm. you, i didn't even know as you told me earlier that cassettes are super cheap which that's well they're not thing. super cheap but they're cheaper they're a cheaper option than than vinyl for mm-hmm. sure so we the band that I'm currently in mm-hmm. uh, printed a bunch of CDs. Yeah. And we got rid of them all. Mm-hmm. So we just got some more. Yeah. And when we go out now, it's not even worth it to try to sell them. Yeah. You just, you ha- the only way that people are going to get them in their hands and the only thing you care about is getting right. them in people's hands yeah. is to give them away. Yeah. Do you see any of this in sort of the, the whole business? Buying music is not something that people like to do anymore. <laughs> they like to be given music. Yeah. Well, so yeah. uh, a friend of mine a couple of years ago brought up a, a good point when we were discussing whether or not to sell our, our music or to give it away to mm-hmm. people. Um, and his point was if you give music to somebody or you give their material and you don't necessarily know who you are, or they saw maybe one of your shows and, and you give something to them it you know they may or may not listen to it or throw it away but if they spend two or three dollars on it or they spend five bucks on it they're much more inclined to spend time with it because they made a financial investment yeah um and i think that's true for you know independent music and local music and and as far as people buying music i think that there's there's a subset of people who think it's really important to support Mm -hmm. bands yeah um and local music and um but there's also, I think you're right. There's a there's a fair amount of people because you know, especially like in the in the mid two thousands, and it was so. And this is this is that's the era when a lot of people who are listening to to 
music still or, or grew up is it is it became easy to get music without cost through mm-hmm. Napster and Kazaa and LimeWire and, and, and these peer-to-peer software platforms. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard Kazaa. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a name I thought I'd never hear again. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> so there's, I, I think that um, there is a, f- a fair amount of that where, where, where it's it's tough to get people to, to spend money on music. But that, I, I don't think it's... Uh, completely true all across the board. Well, you see that—that's kind of the pushback. This, this, this is a discussion. I, I'd, I'd be interested in other people's opinion on this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point that your friend made is a really good point. People are more inclined to listen to it if they spend two or three dollars on it. Totally true. But there also might be people who would never even have the opportunity to right, listen to correct, it if you yeah. didn't give it yeah. to them. Yeah, and how often do people have cash on them? Like at, at yeah. shows, like if they yeah. if you plan on going to a show and buying merch, you know, that's one thing, but like how many times have you gone to a show lately or have I gone to a show lately where, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any cash. I don't have yeah. anything to give these guys, yeah. you know, yeah. and you know, maybe I would want to listen to it, but if I have to spend $10 on their, on their, on their seven inch or on their LP, yeah. you know, I'm, there's, probably 20 30 bands in the last two years that i never heard or never will hear again just because i didn't have anything is it how i mean how possible is it for for people to make a living this is why i said you have the dream job right now because you still get a chance to stay connected to music on a daily basis and you're making enough money to live and be happy and all of that i mean it, it that whole that whole line of life that those possibilities have dwindled mm-hmm. significantly yeah. in recent years. You used to be able to be in, you know, a really g- good cover band, for instance, yeah. and make a ton of money. Yeah. And there there was room for 20 of you in yeah. one town. Yeah. Now there's only room for maybe five. And if you want to play original music, right. you've got to, I don't even know how you do it. Yeah. I so I, I don't, I mean... The whole idea that music is a, is a thing that can actually be profitable yeah. for people, well, I think, is yeah. And I don't, I don't know if that's ever really been. I think it's uh, you've always had to approach it as as a business. And I have this conversation with what I had with my bandmates when we were in a band. Mm-hmm. And oh. I <laughs> almost sneezed. <laughs> I, had to, I had to burp, and I didn't want to do it into the <laughs> microphone because I think that would be off putting for most of your listeners. Cool, though. That'd be great. <laughs> Um, is is there's there's a certain amount of business that goes into making money no matter what you're doing you yeah. know so you have to have some sort of acumen when it comes to um, uh, wanting to be profitable mm-hmm. so for a lot of people that makes music not fun mm-hmm. um, so for me personally when it got to be the point where is this something that we want to continue with and you know if we're going to continue with it we have to buy equipment we have to buy gas we have to buy yeah. this or that and we have to make money to do that and we got paid a little bit for our shows but we weren't approaching it from a business standpoint. Yeah. And for me, when I thought about approaching it from a business standpoint, it got less, way less fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there are people who can do that, who can approach it as a business and who have that acumen and still make it make it fun, but it, it turns into a job. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make it your full-time job and you have to try really, really hard and you have to do a lot of work and that's, and that's totally cool and you can, and you can, and you can do it that way. Um, for, for me, you're absolutely right. I, I'm kind of in, in a really good position because I get to be connected to the music and I get to make um, all these networking connections with local bands and local venues. And mm-hmm. um, and that's really great. And I still get to do kind of my own thing and I get to make music, but I, I don't have to. It would be much harder if I had a nine to five desk job and um, and also wanted to do music on the, on the side. So yeah. I don't have to make it a business, but I think, I think that... Th- that it, it there's it requires a, l- a lot of work to to 
make any money to actually make. I don't know anybody who's really making yeah. money you, from you, being in a band right now. You also have to take a leap of faith. Right. The other thing, at some point, if you do have a, a job, you can't have that job anymore. You can't because the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, right. <laughs> if you actually want a <laughs> yeah. shot at uh-huh. making music your yeah. life, you have to actually go do that right. and actually starve and actually yep. take enormous risks yep. financially, financially and personally, and personally yep. as well. If you want to have a family, for instance, mm-hmm. that can be really, really tough because you, you want to, if you get a, you, you would drive 500 miles to play for 45 minutes yeah. and yeah. totally waste a weekend, not yeah. make any money. Not you make know, any it's, money it's and just sacrifice that time with your family or your friends. Or, there yeah. used to be an element, there has always been an element of getting lucky if you want to have success making music. Yeah. I think now more than ever though, and I don't know if you agree, but it, I think the luck factor is even higher because you have to find out a way to cut through the noise and be recognized to people who don't care anymore. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I think that's not un- that's not an unfair point. I I just you know I think that there was like the rock star can't exist today. It no. just can't. And think of there's nobody who really tours stadiums. It's hard to tour arenas. Yeah. So I don't know. No. It's sad. Yep. Music's dead. Yep. That's never that's coming back. Like, it's never coming. Uh, never. Uh, I don't think it's ever. I think the the days of making a lot of money are gone. That that'll yeah. never be back. Yeah. Well, I mean, for for people who are producing it independently, I think there will always be major labels and people who who have songwriters for them and who go mm-hmm. on stage and are pop yeah. stars and and they they make money off of their merchandise and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I think that you can you can do that. Not you. Colin. Well, thank you, Soren. <laughs> Not me. I think that I think that that there are opportunities for for people to do stuff like that. But I think that the um, the environment has changed a lot mm-hmm. for for things like that. There's there's not a whole lot of people, um, you know, being discovered at a local bar by by somebody and then making it big. I think that it's all kind of just like scripted television, and then you and then you you know. Sign a contract and you get a bunch of money for a couple of years and then. But then you got to go do something else after that. Yeah, right. Years. Yeah, it, it's a, it's still a lot of fun. The thrill of playing live oh, yeah. and the thrill of writing music, yeah. at least to me, is that can never be matched. No, absolutely. No, no, no yeah. matter what, yeah. even if nobody listens or nobody cares, yeah. it's still. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really means a lot to me i don't know and i'm assuming that's why you continue to do your yeah. solo projects yeah. as well do yeah. you have you played out at all i haven't because i refuse to do open mics so oh, yeah i yeah. i and i need to have a, f- a finished project before i um before i do that so i'm planning on once i get this uh once i get the tusk wife stuff um finished up i'll i'll try to um, book some book some shows and, and go out and play but I haven't played live since Dead Monks Ooh. split so for me it's something that's it's really exciting thinking about maybe maybe doing that again and be- getting back up there because I, I have a certain amount of anxiety when it comes to, to performing in front of people mm-hmm. but it's cathartic in a way so yeah. it's 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 uncomfortable and it's difficult but I also have I'm compelled to do it mm-hmm. um, so it's cool. hopefully soon yeah hopefully soon we should uh, we should play together yeah, point. we'll do a double motorcycle opens for Soren's new, new band. What the, how how does the name? Uh, what's the meaning of the name? It just sounds cool, Colin. Okay, <laughs> when you say, you say Tusk, and I think of Fleetwood Mac. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, loves uh, Fleetwood Mac. I love Fleetwood Mac. But speaking of that, I wanted to ask you as well. What are you listening to the most these days? That's a good question. Um, I have been listening to a lot of. Uh, uh, it's it's partially just because it's been in the CD player in my car for the last four weeks is uh, True Widow 
not their new album, but the, it's called Circumambulation. It's very just like sort of dark, heavy, ambient kind of shoegazy stuff. It's very uh-huh. True Widow's very good. I've been listening to, to Tame Impala a lot too. Really? Currents. I love that album. I, I resisted it so <laughs> much when it came out and I didn't want to like it. And then it's so, I love it a lot. So that I'm listening to a lot. And then, and then whenever I have on like Spotify, I just put on the Jessica Lee Mayfield channel and uh, she gets my heart. Oh, <sighs> Have you seen Tame Impala? Live? No. Oh, dude. No. Are, are you a big concert going? No, I used to be. And then I kind of, I, I, I'm not sure what, what happened, but I don't, I don't love going, I don't love driving to DC or Baltimore. And that's where most of the shows that I want to see yeah. are anyway. So I'll yeah. come out to local shows, but, but going out is tough, but I'm going to, I'm really excited going to Hopscotch in Raleigh, uh, in September's huge that, music festival. Yeah, down there. That's very big. excited about it. I haven't been, 2012 was the last time I went and it was Ooh. excellent. I got to see so many cool bands like Jesus and Mary Chain and Built to Spill and No Bunny and, uh, oh man, um, the roots were there and it was just like, it was one of the, like Oyola Tango and Deerhoof and it was like such a cool, such a cool concert and who's, I get to go again this year. Who's headlining this year? Um, uh, Solange is oh, headlining, really? which should be oh, fun. I be haven't really gotten really into good. her yet. Oh, you got to, man. Um, that was one of my favorite albums last year. Oh, really? Yeah, cool, man. check her out. I'll, I'll check it out for sure. And then I think, um, who else is headlining? I wasn't super stoked about the headliners, um, but oh, there's a lot of other so bands playing that I'm really excited. <laughs> well, there's so there's also there's a Saddle Creek band I've been listening to a lot. A uh, big thief that's that's oh, yeah, one of their newer yeah. one of their yeah. newer groups that I really enjoy a lot, and they're playing down there. Actually, a couple uh, I think one or two Yellow K bands are playing really? down Japanese there. Japanese breakfast? Not Japanese breakfast. I think um, formerly Eskimo. Now just O is yeah. playing down there, okay. and there's there's one or two other bands which I'm excited to see a lot, and there's um, uh, the OCs are playing, which I'm mm-hmm. stoked for. That'll be good. So there's some cool stuff. Going. Do you like camp or anything? No. So so last year we had some friends in, uh, or the last time I went we had some friends in, in uh, Durham and we just commuted cool. into Raleigh and um, this year we're just doing Airbnb downtown. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 A lot more fun. So uh, before before we wrap up, I wanted to revisit something that got lost in the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. Um, you're going to you're looking to in f- the fall have some live in-store stuff yeah. at the record exchange. Yeah, so, I'd love to. So are you if if uh, there are any artists out there who might be interested should they contact you? Yeah, or? so what you should do if you're interested mm-hmm. is you should uh, send an email Ooh. to the um, the record exchange and the um, uh, maybe I can get Colin to put the the email address in the yeah um, yeah we can definitely do in the info post. on this yeah. in the, on the post. But if you do it to Record Exchange forty one, that's the number forty one Record Exchange forty one at gmail dot com. And if you put booking in the subject line, it will go into my booking folder, uh-huh. and I will see it. If you don't put booking in the subject line, I will not see it, and I'm gonna ignore you. So <laughs> don't if you if you're interested, you know, and then include who you are and what you do, and and uh, and uh, if you have a link to recorded music, shoot me that. And you know, I try not to be a jerk, um, <laughs> you know, but but I do know you as a jerk. But <laughs> everybody says Warren's a jerk. Uh, so just uh, to include that stuff, and I'll take a look at it and if i can fit you on the schedule i will and if not then that's a bummer but we'll try another time um <laughs> so this would be saturdays saturdays sundays fridays Sunday. probably okay. weekends and most of the stuff i'm going to be looking for is stuff that is either acoustic or that can be stripped down because yeah. it's really tough to have we we discovered in the past having bands like the demon beat like yeah. having full-on electric bands is really tough to like do business and 
shows at the same time and i'd love to eventually do after hour shows but it's oh, that's that's be cool that you know with so much unprotected merchandise it's really somebody yeah. always ruins it when you do stuff of like course. that so yeah. so it's something that i'd like to do but for now while we're doing it business hours it's we're going to do stripped down stuff but um so if that's something that you're interested in in um in in uh getting in touch with me about i'm happy to uh have to take a look would you maybe take a band who has two people in it who has an electric sound but could strip it down with an acoustic guitar yeah so that's we've done that we actually so so for um for the thing this year we did that's we called double motorcycle no, yeah, yeah double you just yeah you, you know a double motorcycle if you're out there you can shoot me an email at the record right. exchange 41 at gmail.com you if put you're booking listening. if you're listening put booking in the subject line and i'll read your email Most and then it'll oh, go okay into my folder it's for only if double my it'll go in my double motorcycle <laughs> folder. Uh, you had the dirty middle for this yeah, thing, and right? they yeah. you know and they do mostly full electric stuff, but you know that go you know that the drum kit got stripped down and yeah. and they use electric acoustic guitar and you know I've got a house PA for the store yeah. that you know that as long as as long as we do the levels okay that's totally it's totally doable. Um, she's great. Yeah, she's great. I know man. she's yeah. one of the first musicians I met down here too. Really? Adrian. Yeah, she was one of my first friends when I moved downtown and we we worked together for a little. Bit. We were in a group when I was 22 or something, 21. You said that they released their record or EP that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I that's that have four songs on it. Five I can't songs? remember. I'm oh, no. sorry, Adrian. Why aren't you listening to the Dirty Middle, Soren? <laughs> What's your problem, man? Uh, so when you, uh, I, we have no idea what song's gonna be. And you're going to be hearing in a couple of minutes. It's a super secret surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever you get everything done and and you wanna talk about it when you come back yeah, on and, i'd love to come we'll, back on and, and talk we'll, about it yeah we'll do that yeah we can do an official release songs. podcast yeah. and, and we can do a little listening party just us just us yeah and we'll pretend to record it but it won't <laughs> yeah, <but> we'll, <laughs> and we'll just we'll joke record. about it not recording for 45 minutes after <laughs> <laughs> well soren dodge thank you so much for I, it's very important that people support the record exchange it's very important that people buy music local music yeah especially because yep. a lot of these starving artists starving. need it they need to buy their velvita shells and Geez, yeah, so buy right. their <laughs> buy their media. But thank you so much for coming. I know you have to work today. Yeah, no, it's okay. So Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. And we, was we'll, great. We'll talk soon, man. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Colin.